Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Matt Williamson, how are you? Um, enough of pleasantries, let's just dig right in. I got a lot I need to talk to you guys about. First of all, I'm recording this on Wednesday. I will not record a podcast Thursday, but I will do one Friday late morning after I knock out a couple other things that'll break down what we see Thursday night. Odd week, of course. So we're pushing a lot of things into a short amount of time here. Um, my article for the week just hit the site. Please check it out. Lots of uh, What About Bob references there. A great movie. Bill Murray's awesome. Um, baby Steps, Baby Steps, all about the Steelers O-line. And it's making baby steps forward. I've told you that for a while. Um, you'll find that I am not a huge pro football focus uh, fan for their grades in general. Or, you know, O-line grades o- across the board. But in this instance, it's a little bit hard to back your argument that I've been making for a while that this O-line is getting better. So I'm going to go and quote the ESPN O-line rankings and win rates and things like that, as well as pro football focuses. And it's a little eye-opening. And again, I don't think what they say is gospel. That's not what I mean here. I'm just kind of backing my argument that this line might not even be the offensive problem. Again, read the article. It's a little more in-depth. But more so, it's getting better, especially Chooks and the two guards. The other two don't stink, but Chooks and the two guards are keepers. They are quality starters. And here's a couple numbers that are outside of my opinion um, to, to, you know, to go here. And so here's a couple things, you know, uh, where are we at here? Okay, I, I told you after the preseason game, Losing to the Jags time and time again. And again, what I like these numbers for for O-line is one-on-one matchups. Much more so because when these guys don't know the protection schemes and blown assignments when they set these grades out. But if it's a one-on-one matchup, Dan Moore versus Garrett, I trust these guys to get it right that this guy won, this guy lost. You know, whatever. And I told you that the Jags whipping up on a rebuild O-line in the preseason isn't as bad as you think it is. And, well, the Jags are third right now in pass rush, pass rush win rate. The Bengals are seventh. Um, and New England's run defense is nine in for ESPN's ranking. So those aren't, you know, no-brainer, you know, terrible teams that they've gone against. Um, 
and this might blow you away. The, the Steelers' pass blocking for ESPN is 10th in the league, tied with Tampa Bay. Um, the Steelers' run blocking is 23rd, which may even be a little generous. I mean, I think the protection in it, the protection is much better than the run blocking. I mean, again, I'm not defending this O-line like it's flawless. But the point of my article is they're making baby steps forward, and I'm not sure it's the the problem here, you know, and, and it's getting better. Everyone just assumes the O-line's horrible. Um, Pro Football Focus has the Steelers' pass protection at 7th. 7th in the league. 7th best pass blocking in the league. ESPN has them at 10th. Um, they also have their run blocking at 19th and ESPN's is at 23rd. So some of the guys they've gone against also are very high in these metrics as well. ESPN's, you know, DJ reader is third. He is a monster. And there's some clips of him in this, in this article that are pretty impressive. He is going to destroy everybody he plays against. He's third in interior D line metric. Like he's in Aaron Donald land right now. Uh, Trey Hendricks is seventh among the, amongst the edge rushers. And the Patriots have two of the best run stuffers. And Dietrich Wise, he's an edge guy. He was third. And Davon Godshaw was eighth amongst the interior guys. So I always like to cite who they're playing against. Um, when you look at ESPN's tackle rankings, Chooks is 10th among all tackles in pass blocking. James Daniels is second. Second amongst all guards. Um they don't have anyone in the top 10 at tackle guard or center in run blocking, which again, the run blocking is much worse than the protection. That's right. I'm trying to what I'm telling you here. Um, in terms of overall grades for pro football focus right now, if you go look at their tackles, it goes Andrew Thomas. He was like the sixth pick overall. Rashawn Slater. He was like the 11th. Laramie Tunsil should have been like the fourth if it wasn't for the bong mask. And then Chooks of is fourth. So again, I'm just kind of backing my point here that these guys might not be as bad as you think. Um, pro Football Focus, it hap just so happens, Dotson and Daniels tie as the 19th best guards in the league. You'll take that. I mean, if you give me the 18th and 19th, 19th and 20th best guards in the league, in the league that's starting 64 guards every day, I'll take that. And Daniels is their third best guard in protection. So... I just wanted to throw those out there. Go check out the article. More importantly, there's a lot more there than what I just said. There's a lot more context. But just wanted to throw those numbers out that maybe Williamson's not crazy that this O-line is coming along, you know, and baby steps, folks. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then I want to run down some of the Thursday night matchups that I'm most curious about. one in terms of finding intricate matchups I'll throw a few at you but there's two that matter it's stopping Chubb and Hunt who frankly are splitting um, snaps they're basically 50-50 I mean Chubb has a slight advantage but he's the better player they're a very run oriented offense and their offense has been quite good this year and Chubb's an elite player and Hunt's the best backup you'll ever find 
So that's the matchup, whether you want to call that Miles Jack, Cam Hayward, you know, blocking, whatever, tackling, whatever. And Miles Garrett. And Garrett, I don't know if he's playing or not, but he's fighting a neck injury. Um, on these short weeks, I don't really trust the practice reports and medicals as much because rest him, rest him, rest him, just get him there for Thursday. You know, so I'm, I'm guessing he'll play. Uh, back to the O-line situation and Chooks. They'll move Garrett around, but he's mostly going to come off Trubisky's blind side against Moore. I would be blown away if he is not getting help, Moore, that is, against Garrett. Every pass snap that those two line up against each other. Which means, Chooks, you probably got the other dudes. And the other dudes, without Clowney, aren't very good. And that's one of the matchups to me here to watch. As we just talked O-line, Miles Garrett aside, and wow, if he doesn't play, this is triply, quadruply true. The rest of their D-line, especially with Clowney out, is not very good. I mean, before the season, I often said that I thought the Browns D-tackle room, you know, position group, was amongst the worst in the league. Um, I have very little evidence to change my opinion. I mean, there's some young guys there that maybe get better, but all in all, it's just not a very good group. That's not where they invested. Um, the backups behind Clowney and Garrett, I mean, we know Clowney's out. One of them was Winovich, a local dude here. He's out. I mean, so they're really digging deep. So Garrett or not, I'm, you know, I just talked up the O-line a little bit. I want to see the O-line win. I mean, they should win this trench battle. I mean, Garrett could wreck things, but I mean, you have the ability to double him like crazy. So I expect them to win this this trench battle. Um, Browns have had a lot of coverage issues, communication issues, allowing a lot of big plays. And I think their defensive backs are very talented and is a very good group. A lot of high picks, and most of them are basically living up to that pick. But the communication thing is something to watch there. And frankly, I think the Steelers receivers, including Fryermuth, aren't at a disadvantage against any secondary in the league. I mean, Deontay Johnson's open all the time. I expect more from Pickens. I do expect more downfield and intermediate throwing. So that could be a strength on strength if Cleveland doesn't screw it up mentally, doesn't screw up their assignments. Um, so Steelers, pass catchers, you know, mostly the, the top three receivers and Muth uh, versus their coverage guys is a matchup absolutely to watch. But the biggest one, of course, when the Steelers have the ball is what to do about Miles Garrett if he plays. On the other side, when the Browns have the ball, it's all about stopping those running backs. I mean, there's, there's no, no way around that. However, um, they are without their right tackle, Conklin. I assume he won't play. He did not play last week, and this is a short week, and he hasn't practiced yet, so I'm assuming he's out. Do you move Highsmith over there? I mean, they don't have Hubbard either. Remember Chris Hubbard? He's not going to be there either. So they're on a third-string right tackle, basically, um, who's a second-year player, Hudson, who isn't particularly strong. He's an athlete. He's a, a, a work in progress that needs to beef up and get heavier and learn technique. But he's kind of a, a project for down the road. Might you move Highsmith over him? I expect a lot more, a lot of the same looks we saw with New England with Leal there, Hayward, Wormley, maybe even standing up, particularly Leal. Maybe they overpower him, especially in the run game. So I think that's something to watch. Um, their center is their third center as well, Posick. I mean, he's really a backup. But their guards are fantastic, uh, and they are high-quality dudes. Um, I want to see a little more out of Cam. I have no right to 
give Cam a hard time. He's awesome, but he should battle Teller and Batonio and win more than he did last week. Uh, Batonio is also on the injury list. I'm guessing he'll play as well. Again, don't trust short week you know, medical stuff all that much. Um, so to keep an eye on the guards, but their center and right tackle are problematic. The guards are really good. The left tackle, Wills, was a you know ninth pick in the draft or whatever from Bama. Been up and down. Um, he's still kind of learning as well. I mean, I think Highsmith should beat him a fair amount one-on-one too. Like that's not a slam dunk advantage for Cleveland, you know, Wills. Good player though. Um, probably a bright future. The receivers, the Peoples Jones, Najoku, and Cooper pretty much never leave the field. They're not super scary. I mean, uh, Dale and I were talking about this the other day on the drive that a lot of teams, Steelers included, have a hard time figuring out what five skill guys do we want out there? You know, because we got six or seven or eight, you know, when Austin comes back, how do we get him on the field? You know, things like that. Well, the Browns have four. They don't have six, seven, or eight. I mean, they have Cooper, they have Najoku, and they have Peoples-Jones, and a back, you know, Chubb or Hunt. They don't have a second tight end that's noteworthy. They're looking for a third receiver in a big way. So just something to know about their skill guys. You know, I mean, whoever that fifth guy is, and pay attention to it, they'll play a lot of double tight end sets. They used to play a lot of three tight end sets, but they don't have enough tight ends to go around to do that with Jesse James Hurt. They don't want to be an 11 with three receivers all that much because then you're getting guys out there that you don't trust. You know, David Bell from Purdue. Anthony Schwartz is a small speedster type. But those guys are all fours. I mean, they don't have a three. And Peoples-Jones is the two. Najoku never leaves the field. Those guys are fine, but they're not, you know, Kelsey. You know, I mean, they're not great players. And Amari Cooper is a little bit overrated, in my opinion. He had a big week. um, Good route runner. But... I don't think he's a, a wide receiver one in this league. And I mean, the Steelers skill guys are much better than these pass catchers. I mean, not even close. So there's some matchups to watch. Um, next time I'll talk to you, we will have a game in hand and the Steelers will be one and two or two and one. So there you have it. Thank you very much. Over and out. <laughs>